In any discussion about housing, it's never difficult to identify the core problem, a shortage of homes for those who need them. Councils grapple every day with how to allocate scarce social housing, but now some of them are having to assess new arrivals, victims of war and persecution, as well as locals. Nicola Kelly has been exploring the effect of that in Glasgow. This is a tale of two people on opposite sides of the same city, struggling to rebuild a home. The first is Ali. He arrived in Glasgow from Aleppo in the autumn with his wife, Sana, and their five-year-old son, Farouk. They were part of the first wave of refugees to be resettled here. Around us now, scrolls of crispy wallpaper peel away to reveal stained surfaces beneath. The sharp snap of winter still whistles through a cracked sheet of plastic serving as a window. It's here on the 19th floor of a high-rise tenement block on the western outskirts of the city that Ali and his family will embark on yet another chapter. This is the first time they have had a roof over their heads for four years. Until recently, they've been sleeping under tarpaulin in a Lebanese park, taking shelter between two cedar trees. Sipping from miniature china cups of coffee, I ask Ali what home means to him. The sparkle in his eyes fades and, as he begins describing his house in Syria, his voice cracks and tears slide gently down his weathered face. Home is everything, everything. It's all of my childhood memories. Here in Glasgow, I look at the streets of this strange city and I think, I will have to create a future here for my family. But first, I will have to start from the basics, he tells me. And for Ali, the most important of those basics is learning English. But with 34 other Syrians above him on the Adult Education Centre's waiting list for classes, he's beginning to lose patience. He pulls out an English exercise book and tells me he has started to teach himself. We work through some of the letters together and Ali repeats each sound after me, brow furrowed, deep in concentration. I feel shy speaking English, but I study hard at home on my own. I want to learn fast so I can begin to find work at the grocery shop nearby. Maybe one day I will even have my own shop, he adds optimistically. On the other side of the city, Brian is getting ready for bed, shuffling into his torn, damp sleeping bag and zipping it up to his chin. He curls his legs up and pats the edge hospitably, inviting me to join him. Brian has been sleeping rough in the same doorway for eight years. He shares this stoop with Kieran, a friend he has known since his school days. There is an easy familiarity as they top and tail, moving scuffed trainers aside and sliding their bucket of contributions nearer to each other. Brian gestures towards a block of flats and tells me that is where some of the newly arrived Syrians are being housed. I know they're fleeing a war, but I don't think it's right that they should be housed before us, he says, sitting up abruptly, now wide awake. If the Syrians arrive and go to the top of the list, who's going to lose out? It's going to be the local people, 
the Scottish people, the British people. It's like a slap in the face. Then he softens. Still, it's better for them to be here, spread out across Glasgow. Better than creating ghettos, he adds. Having established mutual trust, Brian invites me to take a stroll down the street and introduces me to his neighbours. He explains how they divide up their territory, marking it from bin to bin to avoid street disputes. The Syrians are the government's priority, Abed in the next doorway explains. I met one sleeping on this street. Nine days after he arrived, he got a house. Nine days! We should all be treated equally. I think of Ali sitting cross-legged on the floor of his new flat, head buried in his English book, his wife podding peas next to him still in shock, his child isolated but playful, meticulously sticking gold stars on the wall. The housing situation here is already causing tensions between local people and my countrymen. It makes me afraid, Ali confides to me. What will happen if it spreads? Syrians won't be welcomed anymore, he concludes sadly. And I think of his gaze beyond the flimsy, shattered window to the foreign city below, before he drops his head and returns to his English book. Nicola Kelly, 